0: Excuse me Egon, you said crossing the streams was bad. The streams episode number five coming at you, Kip and Kane Ion. Interview segment today, special one for me. Get to interview my wife Kelly Ion. Uh, talk to her about her playing career in college, her teaching career, as well as her new foray, very successful one, into network marketing with Plexus, the health and wellness company. You'll get Kane and Ion's reaction segment to a lot of the things Kelly talks about in her interview, and playing on a little bit of current events. We'll dive into the Kyrie Irving trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Isaiah Thomas and some other. Players, uh, how it affects the NBA, and really that'll lead us into our wild card segment today breakups in the NBA, famous duos, how they broke up, and what the fallout was for the NBA franchises, and the players themselves that got traded. Cross the Streams, Episode 5, coming at you. <laughs> Back again cross the streams interview segment time and of course I had to have this assignment because we have a very special guest today special to me obviously and we're taping this today which all about an hour from our 14th wedding anniversary right. That's right. Look at that. Well I knew done. It. Thank you. My wife, Kelly Ione, is here um, with us, and, and she's obviously connected to the podcast in a lot of different ways than most of our guests, but I think she has a, a fantastic, unique story to tell about crossing the streams that's, that she's been undertaking professionally um, that I can also uh, testify to and how it's, it's been on our side of things as a, as a husband and a, and a wife, and I'm excited to have her today and get to grill her with questions that she has to answer, and maybe maybe vice versa. Wait a second!
1: <laughs> this is not what you invited me to do.
0: Exactly. So we'll just start off with, with an intro for those of you that aren't family members and listen to the podcast for for our usual realm of guests. Uh, we're gonna let we're gonna treat Kelly just like all of our other guests and let her kind of introduce herself and her professional kind of history and, and timeline. Babe, go ahead.
1: All right. Hi, uh, my name's Kelly uh, Sorensen. Now I own. Mm-hmm. Um, Kip and I met... That's not
0: recent. You can't just say, no, like, sorry. now I own we already, fourteen No, years. We
1: already introduced it, it was 14 <laughs> years ago. I just want to give them the full story. I got you. Full background. Uh, Kip and I met in college, and yeah, I got married a couple years out of our grad school, a year after mm-hmm. grad school. Um, we're both teachers. We were both teaching business, um, and we both had, like, an economics kind of background as well. So yeah, I've been teaching for 15 years at the same school. That's
0: insane, because you got that job offer like August after we graduated. I
1: did, yeah. Like, hey, you want to come teach in a couple of weeks? Okay. Actually, I was hired to be the volleyball coach first, mm-hmm. and I was just going to be a substitute. Um, did you
0: say it already? Where are where you teaching and have been teaching the at name? At
1: North Marion High School, the Huskies. Yep, <laughs> so I was the volleyball Land coach. Land of
0: 32 Husky mascots.
1: No. <laughs> you, no more. We have one Right, husky. That's right. <laughs> Very funny. Um, all right. So yeah, I've been teaching there for 15 years and I was a volleyball coach, the head volleyball coach for seven years and the JV girls basketball coach for five. Um, both of those stints ended after a kid. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln ended my basketball coaching career. Lincoln and, is our oldest. He's yeah. 10
0: going on 25. Well, maybe he's reversed. Uh, Ten like, going wait. on five.
1: <laughs> he's not going to listen to the cast. No. Um, yeah, and then volleyball, I, I had to leave after my daughter was born.
0: Um, Leah's our middle, and she is eight. That's the one that's going on 18. Yes. We'll get into that later.
1: Yeah, um, yeah and then Xavier, we added on. <laughs> he's and He's almost five. Five this month. Coming yeah, up. So he's four, technically. Um, yeah, so that's our family. Um, yeah, and as a... A coach um, and then a teacher. I've also done things like um, I run the FBLA program, which is the Future Business Leaders of America. I've been doing that for 14 of the years and um, a great leadership program for students. And then I've also been organizing the prom and the <laughs> junior <laughs> class for, shoot, I think I've done seven... Yeah, seven proms now. Kip has attended one. I have.
0: I, be, I got dressed up for one. The first
1: one. I have said, a personal Please rule. Don't like, make me come back.
0: I cannot not attend more than two proms in my life. I just that can't, I can't be a personal rule. I can't rule. do it. <laughs> so does that make you a professional party planner? Oh, I'm if you, not.
1: I am the worst.
0: But you put on proms. I
1: can manage some kids. I can get some some basics. I am. My goal is kids have a great time and are safe. And we make money for go. the class. So there
0: was a chocolate fountain when I went, so that was a big draw that was for me.
1: The last time we had a chocolate <laughs> and fountain, <laughs> and I haven't been back.
2: So <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. Will there be food? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So oh, and then you know, things uh, in a year ago, or just over a year ago, I added plexus to my professional career, I guess, um, and that's been something that came as a complete surprise. I was just looking for better health and uh, decided to make it a business. And so.
0: for those of you that don't know, Plexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, the health and wellness company.
1: sure is. Yes,
0: and I'm going I'm to ask Kelly to kind of give her elevator speech for, for what Plexus is. If you don't know, a network marketing company that's doing a big and amazing things in the world of health. Um, I'm going to let her explain what it is first before we kind of circle back around to talk about her choice To take up network marketing, so Kelly, give us here. You are and all those thousands of Plexus people who you were just at convention with. The pressure's on you. You're on the podcast. Oh my gosh! Sell Plexus in the next three minutes. (laughs)
1: Listen, I don't sell Plexus. First of all, good point. I share it.
0: That's very true.
1: Thank you. Um, Plexus is, um, and for those of you that haven't heard of it, I am so happy to introduce you it is a health and wellness company we have a small product line where we focus on total body health so from the inside out we have um, an amazing line of probiotics um, other supplements and vitamins that have literally changed my life and our lives and so it's very easy for me to share my story um, and i tell people how i think these supplements can also help their lives
0: absolutely and and i think in full disclosure my wife was a much better athlete than me in college she's a hall of famer and i'm i'm trying to get a toilet named after me at some point at willamette you know what
1: i'm really happy that you mentioned that (laughs) because i'm not sure why it took you six minutes minutes, this podcast. (laughs)
0: yes yes that, that is a good point but Kind of, you know, you real quick on, on, on your story in, in talking about that, Athlas. In your senior year, uh, the, the women's basketball team at Willamette University, obviously you and some great teammates were having a phenomenal year. Appendix, appendicitis that we dealt with at the emergency room. And yeah. they kind of start from there with your own personal...
1: That is absolutely where it all started. So, yeah, we were having a, a really great season. Mm-hmm. seemed like we had built up my last year to get to this point, And we were... Playing against some tough competition in our conference and finally we were sitting in third place, playing really well, and um, I felt sick <laughs> on a yeah. Sunday night. Right. And I called Kip and I said, you gotta come over, I feel awful. Um, waited it out a day, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, made him take me to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And with, with that, um, we went two more times after that, mm-hmm. so three total separate trips to the ER.
0: With you never really improving. It wasn't no. like, it was like, oh, she feels better. I think it started off, too, because you were trying to tough it out because number one-ranked George Fox University was right. coming in, and you wanted to play, being the second all-time leading scorer that she is. Yeah. Sorry, humble brag from the husband. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, I, I tried to tough it out. We hoped it was just, you know, the flu or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I had a moment where I felt better, which is, I think, when it actually ruptured, my appendix. Um, but they could never find it, which mm-hmm. is what was weird. So we kept going back, and finally the last time, it was like, we're not leaving here until Well, I didn't do any of that. I was out of it. Yeah, you were. Yeah, we called in the... Deb Cagle. Shout yeah. out to Deb Cagle, yeah. former
0: head trainer of Lambeth University, who saved Kelly's life in the ER by forcing them to do another yeah. ultrasound to find it behind your spleen. Gory details yeah. on podcast it today. It was hiding.
1: Yeah, so ever since that kind of emergency surgery, they think, you know, some things leaked. they're not sure what happened inside, but mm-hmm. I have been sick ever since, so we tried everything, mm-hmm. been to many doctors, many different, different diets. diets,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, and I was just suffering, um, and I think I had given up hope, for sure, I was just resigned to be sick, but my husband, thankfully, forced me to try plexus, said, what have you got to lose, mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, we have tried everything else, why not try this, so... Um, I guess I owe him some thanks, and hey. my, my friend Jessica Jackson, yes. who introduced it to me, um, a former student, just shared on Facebook, and I am so lucky. I, I feel very lucky to mm-hmm. have found it because it has really changed everything. And for you know, me.
0: that's that's been a common theme in, in a bunch of the interviews. Is all of us try to plan and predict and control our lives as much as we can, but everyone has mentioned in these moments of change and hopefully for the better the luck component and for you having a former student talk about you know you and your jessica's relationship and having a former student be kind of the catalyst to say kelly you should try this and then you know of course the husband's pushed to do so yeah we talk about that a little <laughs> bit um
1: well it was i think the way that most of us looked at network marketing especially on facebook i rolled my eyes a lot mm-hmm. i was extremely skeptical i was very annoyed with people who posted about the products they were using and trying to sell on Facebook. Um, and so I saw her things. I was reading all of them kind of like a secret stalker. (laughs) Like I just didn't think it was possible. Why should you keep posting? But I'm going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I read every single one. Just like so into it. Like maybe I had this glimmer of hope Mm -hmm. in the back. I even saw her in person at her sister's, um, bowel renewal that I was invited to, and I I just wasn't even brave enough to talk to her about it. It took me another couple months before I was like, okay, you got to tell me more, because I'm I'm desperate to try something. And even mm-hmm. then, I was still skeptical. I only tried seven days of mm-hmm. the Slim, or it's our pink drink, mm-hmm. um, and I tried seven days of that, and I was still unconvinced. And that's when Kip like kicked me in the butt. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just try it. So yeah, I do. I feel very lucky that she she found it for herself she was looking to increase her milk supply she was nursing her first child um, and she has two beautiful children now Mm -hmm. um and yeah she fell in love with the products they really helped her and you know it's kind of the way that network marketing works we're just so grateful for products that we love that we want to share with others and we're ready to shout it from the rooftops which unfortunately if you follow me on facebook you she know sure does. <laughs> uh
0: but you know and in, in talking about you know plexus itself as much as we would love to you know talk more about the results you've had which are phenomenal for us until plexus sponsors us let's let's jump back to the cross <laughs> the streams portion but talk about like when, yeah. when you you experienced and it was very obvious from from mine as a husband how much happier you were how much healthier you felt but when you decided you know what i'm not just gonna use the product. I'm gonna go ahead and sell it, and I'm talking that for me yeah. is what I would assume would be your cross the stream moment professionally. Um, so, so, take the listeners through that decision, because like you mentioned, I think probably a lot of them out there are like network marketing. I see those folks. Yeah. Why would you want to be that person?
1: Well, to be fair, you told me not to do it.
0: I sure did.
1: <laughs> and said, I'm
0: right back to zero. I had a plus said, one, <laughs> and now I'm back to zero.
1: Yeah. He said, "Just <laughs> use the products. Don't say, don't tell anybody." Right. You know, and I said yes at first, like, you're right, I don't wanna I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna be that person. And then I slowly I just I don't know, something clicked and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna be brave. I'm gonna oh. do this. I started out posting more um just personal things like me and my son and here's what I'm doing, um, just to kinda get my feet wet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, can I put mm-hmm. myself out there? Um, and then I kinda just jumped. I went all in. As soon as I Decided I was going to do it. I went in and I have just learned, you know, every day something new that I'm capable of um, And that I I can do for myself and my family
0: What was the biggest anxiety you had when when in posting aside from your husband me this this idiot saying no you shouldn't do that was it the you know the personal sharing was it just being on Facebook Instagram, um, what what really was like oh, this is.
1: No, I would posted before mm-hmm. so I mean it's not like being on social media was a real problem I worried about people who were like me and how I used to be mm-hmm. I was worried about the judgment and what they would say um, I was worried about you too, I wanted to make sure you supported me mm-hmm. in this, so you know when you said you did, mm-hmm. that really relieved a lot of stress on me because I didn't want that to be a, a problem because some people are Vehemently against mm-hmm. this sort of business, yeah. but you know i I have to remember that their opinions don't pay my bills, right? So um, this is what I love and I enjoy, and I'm going for it.
0: Did Plexus give you strategies as part of their success kit or their onboarding to deal with some of those early anxieties or deal with the early struggles? One of the things on across the streams that that we found in, in talking to people is once they made that initial jump. The toolkits they kind of had to, to deal with that, the scare thing, the, the, the parts that were worrying them, increased as they just kept going, as they just kept crossing the stream and, and jumping. What, what were some things that you kind of sh- armed yourself with that make you feel that you've continued? Cause you've obviously been very successful, senior gold now, and if you speak Plexus language, right. <laughs> that means she's flying up the charts, which is awesome. Uh, but what how's your toolkit expanded?
1: Um... Well, honestly, like I said, it's every day I'm learning something, and you're more comfortable doing something you didn't know how to do before. Um, I was, I think, so well supported by the people that I joined, which I'm so lucky, I feel like, to join a team that is just full of amazing people. They are positive. They are uplifting. um, And a lot of it that I needed, I mean, yeah, you can learn the product information because I'm not a, a health science you know, facts and figures mm-hmm. kind of person. So I had a lot to learn, and you can learn that. That's easy enough. Where you can find the answer.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but I think what they really gave me was belief. I could do it, and so it was. An, it's a non stop You can do this. You can do this. I believe in you. And you know what? I don't get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't before. I mean, as a teacher, you don't get right. Your kids aren't going out of their way. You're You're so, yeah. so good at teaching. Exactly. So. <laughs> So, um, I think that is something I was truly desperate for, mm-hmm. you know, kids aren't telling me that my, my children Ooh, aren't don't. telling me that enough. Yeah. Husband's not telling me that <laughs> oh, enough. God, yeah, I'm in the
0: negatives. <laughs> in the negatives now. Yeah. You know, so it was... <laughs> Absolutely. It, yeah.
1: I needed to hear Affirmation it. and yeah. job well done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and it wasn't false. Mm-hmm. It's not false. It's, it's a very honest, um... It's an honest uh, group of people and I if, if I feel very lucky again yeah <laughs> to have found them
0: what uh, give us because I know I've taken away you know I, I went to you guys heard me in one of the previous interviews uh, with people on this segment when we talk about the cross the streams moment of getting information getting professional development. Outside of your industry specific tools like you're gonna read a book or you're gonna see a speaker that has nothing to do with basketball Uh, I went to the plexus convention in Las Vegas with Kelly mainly in the beginning because it's in Vegas and people out there (laughs) understand that but I came away from that convention with probably four to five pages of notes that they use in selling Plexus that I know I can use as a recruiter, that I know in their team building and branding uh, that they do, that I know I can do with my basketball staff at Willamette University. So for you being in Plexus, what are things outside of it? And I know they do a great job providing you materials, Mm -hmm. but what are you doing crossing the streams uh, in your own search for stuff?
1: Well, um, I mean, I will say I went to convention with you Mm -hmm. in Phoenix um and it's oh yeah the
0: nabc final four yes
1: that's right and it's structured quite a bit differently than a plexus convention <laughs> yes. number one there's so um, many more
0: polos in phoenix than there it's were quite the a different
1: yeah <laughs> yeah just an, a few more men yep. than women too um but i went to one with him that was about mm-hmm. branding
0: elevated resumes presentation yeah. yeah
1: and it was awesome i took a ton of notes in that one because Branding is so important, and I mean, I'm a business teacher, so I mean, I I teach marketing. We talk about branding all the time, but it's always been sort of an abstract thing, you know, that's a business, and this is how your business should be, Mm -hmm. and like that one for Kip and I both was about how to brand yourself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was something I really hadn't thought a ton about. Mm -hmm. What am I presenting to people? Yeah. I have to present a certain type Of brand, and so that's something that I've even in that's what I teach. I'm applying what I was teaching to now Plexus, right? And then also what Kip was learning, mm-hmm. even though she was talking about basketball resumes. Yeah, it was really relevant to me, too.
0: And I think it's it's spurred for us, and you can add to this too. We have a lot more conversations at, at the dinner table and at night because at dinner. We're not talking because the kids are screaming. That's just how it works. Parents out there, you understand. But when we finally do get them to bed, whatever hour that may be, we end up having our laptops out. Both of us are actually doing work. But at the same time, we can communicate. What I'm doing might help Kelly and vice versa. How she set up her buffer for her social media stream could help me save a week's worth of social media for our basketball program.
1: That's very true. We've shared a ton of ideas back and forth about how we can help each other. Um, Even just creating a graphic, Mm -hmm. Kip's doing that. Um, A lot of tech stuff, you know, that goes into this. We both have helped each other. Um, Personal development, we've Mm -hmm. talked about some good ideas. We set up, um, Kip and I set up Sunday night meetings where we would bring one idea of something that you're reading or doing that can help the other. And it's been been awesome. Mm -hmm. Because before that, I mean, I'm not going to talk to him about what I'm teaching at school, unless it's just right. a complaint about something. And and she cares
0: very little for the pick-and-roll coverage we're using next week against L.C. Exactly. So, <laughs> see, that was boring.
1: <laughs> I love basketball, right. but I don't need... And he's got some weird lingo. <laughs> like, no one can understand what he's talking right. about unless you are in his direct world. I get... Yep. Yeah. My eyes glaze over. Sorry. But no, you're right.
0: This has given us a common language. And, like, exciting things to talk about. Otherwise, you know, couples out there with, with kids, you end up talking about what one of them did to you. Yeah. Why the other one doesn't do what you, th- you say or some terrible thing that happened at work. So we've actually, you know, with the successes Kelly's had, it's been a positive, env- you know, environment of, hey, this stuff works. Look what's going on. Yeah. Now when the Bearcats start getting some W's, we'll both be able to share that uh but i can absolutely yes. vouch and testify that um we've crossed the streams a bunch and and it's it, it's oh. kind of driven both of us all the time mm-hmm. i like
1: it it's an, it's been some of the best conversations yeah. we've had.
0: Where can people find you on social media? You know, at the end of all these oh, interview segments, <laughs> this is and it's huge, even more so for you, maybe <laughs> than some of the other people we've had on here. What are your? Where do followers need to go if they need information about network marketing? If they need information about Plexus. Yeah. If they just want to talk about, hey, being a wife of an idiot coach that has a podcast, how can they contact you? What's the most appropriate ways?
1: Okay, well, uh, I'm on Facebook as Kelly Ion. that's
0: i-o-a-n-e okay yep it's not a lowercase l no it's not i mean is that the most
1: all the time
0: (laughs) (laughs) sorry family problem kane can attest to it too in the next segment
1: yes so that's on facebook you can find me it's pretty easy there aren't a lot of kelly owns out there um, and then I'm on Instagram as K.I.O.N. because I started Instagram before Kip did, so I, I got K.I.O.N. own claiming all and these handles. K-I-Own and before yes. yeah. Yes, Corey, everybody, yep. <laughs> There's a lot of K.I.O.N.s in the family. Yeah, so Instagram, K-I-Own. Um I'm on Twitter, but I'm just a Twitter stalker. I don't do much on Twitter yet. And I'm Mrs. Ione. That's right. On Twitter. That's right. Kip told me I had to get one um yes that's it my website is um slash k-i-o-a-n-e if you want to look at some of the products that we have
0: that's awesome well babe thanks for coming on amazing story great testimonial for a lot of the concepts that we we started the podcast for um and, and immediately when we came down we were talking about interviews we said well we got to have your wife on there regardless of what people think we, we, she's got a great story <laughs> regardless so, of what we regardless think. <laughs> there's no nepotism involved <laughs> all right podcast with Kelly Aione. thanks for coming on thank you All right, back on Cross the Streams. Just got done listening to the family version of Cross the Stream podcast with with my wife Kelly uh, talking about her ventures in, in network marketing and Plexus, uh, the health and wellness company. So we've got Kane on now. He, he had a chance to listen to uh, the, the interview session with Kelly, and obviously, uh, it's a little easier for me to discuss it since I, you know, that's a, somebody pretty close to me. But Kane, um, so let's start off with just in general. Overall thoughts as somebody that's, you know, talked to Kelly yourself about Plexus, you know, as a product user yourself, just a general first impressions from, from, from her interview and kind of the story of how she's gotten into this. Cause you know, the entire time you've known her, she's been a teacher and a coach.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought the, the, her story is very unique, obviously. And, and um, you know, that, I thought just the interview itself was pretty fun to listen to with, with just your two interaction first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, but having known Kelly for a long time now and really just knowing her for who she is and, and admittedly being kind of an introvert,
0: mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
2: not someone that, that you're going to say is going to be a, a person that's going to jump out there and, and, um, push certain products or push something on. And, and it's not really pushing, but right, i, I really sharing. You could just, she said sharing. yes exactly keyword being sharing sharing these products and and um put really the big thing is just putting herself out there Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i thought it was it was great to just hear that side and and how much it was a a very stressful decision which all major big decisions and cross the stream moments are and how you kind of go back and forth should i shouldn't i and you've got uh, influences, outside influences, pulling you one way, telling you to do this, telling you to do that. You got other influences that are telling you, yeah, I'd go jump, go go all in. And mm-hmm. uh, so I thought it was just uh, it was fun to listen to kind of her decision to no longer just kind of dip her toe in this thing. She was just going to jump all in, and and um, has really been very successful with it since she made the decision to jump all in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been it's been fun as an outsider just kind of watching. Uh, her progress through this whole thing
0: and I think that's that's funny you mention um, you know kind of her hesitation and, and maybe people namely her husband me in uh, <laughs> and, and my comments maybe not even directly to her in the beginning but more like can you believe this person is still selling this online mm-hmm. or oh, did you see Jenny, Jenny's post today and that was me um, yeah
2: but then, that's a lot of us, I think,
0: right? You know, like and what is that and now stepping back and now that we live this experience together and she is doing so well with it, it's like, how is that affecting your day, Kip, that that person, whatever the product, doesn't have to be Plexus, mm-hmm. could be anything that people are doing, that it it fits their time schedule at home. It's helping their family financially. And mm-hmm. 99 out of 100 times, the people are users of the product themselves and have had a benefit that whatever the product is, is given them. Who am I to sit back in my, you know, angry world and decide <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm upset about today? Yeah, so that's, I'm, it was, you know, on one hand, you're like, gosh, that was me as the husband. I'm glad I came around on that. And I'm glad she kind of just said, Kip, hey, I'm going to do it. Get on board. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it. And obviously, for us as a family, it's been uh, it's been life changing. You know, in a number of different ways.
2: I think it, it's so funny though, because we all have been that skeptic at some point in our lives, and you know, yep. for to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the like you're saying, the network marketing business as a whole, which mm-hmm. there are so many skeptics out there, and and it's unfortunate. Yep. It is what it is, and I, they are they're ha- basically hating on someone's business. Yep. That's how I view network marketing, and that's where yeah, I think absolutely these are this is someone's business, this is someone's mm-hmm. career that they've chosen. It's no mm-hmm. different than anyone else's choice to go be a coach or a teacher or uh, a salesman and, and whatever for whatever other company or um, you know whatever you want to choose to be. This is what these people have chosen, yeah. uh, and I hate you, these people. This is what certain yeah. people have chosen to follow as a career path or, or um, yeah. doing on the side of another career, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. uh, instead of encouraging yeah. the faith and in, in putting themselves out there, we as a society really like to just put them down as much yep. as we possibly can. And it's I think sometimes
0: we, we do that in under the guise of, oh, I'm, I want to protect you from the scorn. I don't want you, you know, Kelly, I don't want you, babe, to have to deal with people saying bad things about you on Facebook. <laughs> oh, number one, bullshit. Number yeah. two, <laughs> I want to protect myself was my selfish thought at the time. I don't want to have to listen to when mm. my buddies ask me, what the heck is your wife doing? well And now it's, you know, it's a source of pride <laughs> that my wife's kicking ass, is a hell of a marketer and does it all from her phone while dealing with our three three crazy kids. You know, it's a pretty impressive story. Uh, so and in that regard, uh, I'm glad she was a, get, able to get the immovable object, this idiot, out of the way. Um, what do you think in terms of – I take a lot from her in terms of recruiting and even um, like thinking of basketball at Willamette as my product. Um, I've taken a lot from her in how they go about selling their product. And like I guess I want to say again, how they share – their experience with their product. And I think that's kind of similar to what we do. I don't think we want to be in the business of selling football as like a consumable good. We're probably selling football as a Husky or basketball as a Bearcat as a life-changing experience. Um, And and so in that regard, I I think there's a lot of recruiting things that that came up in in the conversation.
2: hundred percent. There's so many such carryover from what, you do in the network marketing business to what we do as recruiters. And and I, I think of just my Twitter feed and mm-hmm. how much I just pump out constantly UW football, UW athletics, anything yeah. that's going on in the, in the university of Washington world okay. that I feel is something that is positive and needs to be put out there. I'm going to put it out there, whether it's videos of our guys practicing or, or, videos of our guys doing something great in the community or whatever it may be, I'm putting it out there and it's, it's no different than when a network marketer is putting it out on Facebook saying, sharing their story or sharing uh, something that their company or, or business has done for some, for somebody else. And and I think it's, yeah. there's a lot of similarities. And like you're saying, I think uh, we can take a lot from, from what they're doing and how they approach their mm-hmm. business and, and Put it directly towards recruiting. I think you could see some benefits from it.
0: And I, I think one of the things that I've stolen from them is the way they support each other. Uh, the Plexus group that Kelly works with, whether it's people that are above her, so that you know, in, in our in our profession, it'd be head coaches, professional development for their staff. Um, or even like this group of that's in a Plexus group and this coaching staff sharing their ideas for how they do well in their program with others. Like there's a ton of clinics in Plexus that they do for each other to get better at their job. Um, and I've taken a lot of some of their ideas, some of their book suggestions, just even the way they put on their convention was unbelievable. You know, the way they roll out new products, I could envision for Willamette Athletics, the way we roll out a new app for the students in our our athletic department. You know, the the thing I really like is they put out a toolkit for success to somebody that first registered, hey, you know what, I want to be a Plexus ambassador, help me be good at this. My God, why am I not sending out a toolkit for success the second a recruit commits to me? Obviously, yay, Mm -hmm. we got him, we're going to blow him up, but now we just expect him to show up in September Mm -hmm. and average 30 points a game. You know, without any <laughs> any helping him, like you know, they call it onboarding, but we do that in, in athletics. You take him as from a recruit to a student to a student athlete in your program in the season, that's an onboarding process. So I, you know, I took a ton of what they give their younger, their first time ambassadors and try to apply it to what am I doing for my first year assistant? What am I doing for my first year freshman? Hell, somebody that was a bench warmer last year and now is a starter, there needs to be a toolkit for success and not just a hope and a prayer that they're going to be good at their new role. Hmm. You know, so, Kane. you know, in your experience, you know, obviously for you jumping from one staff at Montana State and how you guys did things to now how you're doing at the University of Washington, do you see any of that need uh, or even it's already happening maybe for you as the new guy? Did you get some of that toolkit for success? Is there that environment of teaching each other as you jump into the staff?
2: Experience with going from one staff to another or just in general, just a working environment in general? I think a positive environment is so important and I, and I see this on, in these network marketing families or businesses and and companies that they do so much to support each other. And like you're saying, as far as the toolbox toolbox for success for, for recruits and athletes. And I just, I think that's so important in life. And I think it's so important to be around positive people all the time and, it just helps you grow as a person when you have someone that you can either look up to and, and aspire to within your own company or mm-hmm. you have someone that you can model behavior after within mm-hmm. your own company or within your on your coaching staff mm-hmm. or you have people that are constantly pushing you in mm-hmm. one way or another whether that's on your coaching staff or within your school or within your business but I just think that makes people grow so much faster, and it just makes it for such a better experience in life when you are surrounded by positive people, like-minded people, people that, like I said, are going to push you and make you grow and help you grow. And um, it's just, and I think it leads to not only your professional life being happy, but just your mm-hmm. personal life in turn being happy. And I think that kind of talks about or leads back to how you guys were saying that just your, your marriage now 14 years mm-hmm. um, is now seeing another turning point of, or a mm-hmm. cross the stream moment to a certain extent where yeah uh, here, here is, here is not something now that we can sit down and talk about and, and be proud about and, and uh, spitball ideas off of each other. And it just is, it, it just again creates this, positive environment.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think we look forward to, you know, obviously as parents of three crazy kids, you look forward to the times when they finally go to bed. But now it's not just, hey, they're they're in bed, let's lay on the couch, not say anything to each other and watch a show. Now it's like, hey, we can actually get our laptops out. What are you working on? Well, I'm working on this for our recruiting campaign for high school coaches. Well, I'm working on this, trying to get re, 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 rebuys of this part of our Plexus line. Okay, what are you what are you doing in your regard? What's your messaging look like? How did you come up with that campaign? Um, so it has been absolutely a, a back and forth of positivity and mm-hmm. idea sharing. That probably, you know, we're lucky, and I'm sure a lot of people out there in in relationships realize that your partner is not required to listen to you. Whine and complain every single day about your job, and sooner or later they get sick of the hearing about it and sick of hearing you in that mood. Um, so for us to be able to come home with positive things and like, hey, there's a some, there's a problem I'm having that I think you are the perfect person to help me with because you're doing something similar. Has just it's been awesome, you know. And like you said, fourteen years. You, you, don't get me wrong, we love the hell out of each other, but fourteen years, you know everything there is to know about the other person. There's, <laughs> there's no more secrets. Yeah. No, exactly. So this is bringing us new stuff that we can exist in together, um, and I think that's been really exciting. And, and as a as the as the husband in the situation, I have no problem saying it. I steal a lot of stuff from my wife. Good ideas about being a dad, and, and better ideas about how to recruit a kid to a lamit.
2: That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, the other thing that I found or I find with Plexus and, and Kelly and, and just watching her go about her deal and listening to her. And just how she has kind of branded herself mm-hmm. and how when you think of products and you think of really just successful people, when it's all said and done, they've found a way to brand themselves.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think that's something that she took from, like we just mentioned in the last segment, the toolkit for success and the professional development help from the people above her, you know, kind of her Plexus coaches Mm -hmm. saying, you can't be, you can't pretend to be me, you know, Joni over here in Indiana. You have to be Kelly Ione in Salem, Oregon. What is your brand? And I think it's very easy for Kelly to sell. I'm a working mom of three. A coach's wife and somebody that you know she has a story to tell that's uniquely hers. Um, so I'm glad you you mentioned it because you can actually see in her campaign on all her social media feeds. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see a mom that like a lot of moms in the world is trying to balance all these different things that are happening with a with a husband that's got a lot of time demands from his job. So how does she do it? And how does this product that she's talking about not it's not it's not a sell. It's a this is a share for how it helps me in my day to day. And you believe me because you believe my brand as that working mom who's found a way to do it all. Mm. And I I think that's that's been very key in what she's tried to do. And obviously, like we mentioned before, what am I selling as coach Kip I own to these families and these recruits that they're going to believe whatever I tell whatever I I tell them is going to happen because they believe my brand.
2: And I think again, again, for myself, I think you have to change that narrative right there where the whole selling thing
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And I, and I'm just thinking about it myself as well where okay, I'm, I don't want to sell. right. No, you're totally right. It's the wrong word. Yeah. athlete on U dub. I want to share this opportunity or share this experience yeah. that we have at the University of Washington in our football program. Mm-hmm. I want to share that with these student athletes and prospects in their mm-hmm. families in anyone else that they may feel is an important influence in their life, and then in turn have them make the choice of I want to be a part of that or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they no, don't, you're right because it, I, I think we, none of us want to
0: be toasty os on the selling rack at a Safeway or a Fred Meyer. You want to be Honey Nut Cheerios that people have a brand loyalty to. You don't want to be bought because you're the cheapest product because then they probably don't really care about you. Uh, so, no, that's that's a great point. The sharing is is much more important than the word sell.
2: Yeah, and I the other thing that I wanted to go back and touch on that you said was just her story because she's mm-hmm. got a, like you said, she's got a great story, and you, when you listen to just her story and, and how she got involved with it in the first place and how it's helped her, and I think everyone has that unique story, and you just got to find that yeah. story. You got to find that your parts of your story that you feel are unique to you, that you feel have helped shape and mold who you are, and help shape and, and mold what your true values are. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that's going to help you brand yourself in whatever you're doing, in whatever your business, right. is, whatever your or whatever your profession is. You you can brand yourself and, and promote yourself, um, and ultimately find. Uh, the success you're looking for.
0: And I think what you're talking to is a level of authenticity as well. Um, because the people nowadays, kids in our profession, consumers in the business world, they can tell a, a shark when they see it. You know, they, they can tell when you're not really believing what you say. But if you're based in your, like you mentioned, your own personal story that has shaped and molded who you are and you're keenly aware of who that is, I think you come across as very genuine. And when you're very genuine, people, you know that trust level that's always associated with any purchase or commitment uh, shines through. So, know that's a that's a great point because because her her path to this plexus. Um, part of her life now has all been actual story and, and her experience and it's not made up. It's not phony. It's not stealing somebody else's and trying to convey that, that it's exactly no. her health history all the way through now. So, yeah. um, absolutely. I, I totally agree with the authenticity needed in order to, to brand yourself.
2: And, and just the, the trials and tribulations that we all go through that at the time you're going through them seeing or just, horrific and they seem the, just the worst. Obviously mm-hmm. with Kelly and, and the appendix and just that that story itself is, is enough to go oh my gosh. And yeah. everyone else has these same type of just terrible things that have occurred over the course of their life mm-hmm. that ultimately leads you down certain streams or paths and yeah. help you and you can look back on those moments and go man if that didn't happen maybe I don't go this route or maybe I'll do this or maybe I'm doing this and it's mm-hmm. just Funny to me how, how things always kind of come back around and, and, and there's silver linings to everything. And, and you can turn something that starts off as, as just such adversity into such positivity and such, you know, for a lot of people, they, they turn it into greatness. And uh, mm-hmm. that's just a choice that, that you have and, and how you respond to, to the outside factors in your life
0: absolutely so yeah that's all that was fun for, for, for myself and obviously Kane having a family member and my wife Kelly I own go back to through the table of contents of the episode um, here on cross the streams and get to the beginning of her interview with me talking about her kind of her history as a student athlete in college through teaching into a you know a health a health situation that's led her into net, network marketing and then a lot of success she's enjoyed then cross the streams will be back with a wild card segment.
2: All right, we're back with Cross the Streams podcast, another wild card segment. In tonight's segment or today's segment, whenever you're listening to this, about the recent big news in the NBA just went down today. Kyrie Irving headed to the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder in a big center that no one knows or cares about. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Brooklyn Nets 2018 first round draft pick, which could potentially turn into the first overall pick, which could be big as well as far as you know, some of the other guys that uh, should come out this year in, in the 2018 NBA draft. So big news in the NBA. And so in honor of that, we'll talk a little bit about that, but we want to specifically hone in on the breakup of yet another great duo in NBA mm-hmm. history. LeBron James and Kyrie (laughs) Irving splitting up, a breakup of of sorts. So, Kip, what do you think? First off, talk to me a little bit about just LeBron, or not LeBron and Kyrie just yet, but just talk to me about the trade and what your initial thoughts on that are. You know, I
0: think it's... I think, and this is obviously an educated opinion based on the experts that cover the league and what they've said since, you know, the the takes that I've really latched onto that I think have the most merit is this is the best the Cavs could do with a move that both keeps LeBron engaged and thinking he still has a window to win there and maybe keeps him thinking I should stay if we get this number one pick and another piece for me. Because I think they were pretty resigned to the fact that they were going to lose him, you know, to the Lakers or whoever it was. And if this is the trade that keeps him at least interested, and in, I'll sit down with you and still talk about an extension, maybe it's the best they could do.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Cleveland came out well in this mm-hmm. in this trade. I think they 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 did get the best that they could possibly get for Kyrie Irving they get rid of Kyrie and his wanting to be the guy attitude they uh-huh. bring in another star not quite a superstar a guy that was right. right on the on the edge of being a superstar in the NBA 3 to 4 plus seasons of 20 plus points per game 29 per game last year uh-huh. um, a fan favorite because he's he's a little guy one of the smallest guys in the NBA that that is produces big, um, and then a Jay Crowder, who's just a good role player that I think will help Cleveland as well. And then, like you said, the the future is what mm-hmm. I think is going to help potentially keep LeBron interested, like you're saying. I don't think he, he stays. I think he's gone after this year. I think he mm-hmm. him and IT put together a run. They get back to the NBA Finals, and, and then I think he – he shoots the deuces and takes off anyway, but at least Cleveland's left with an Isaiah Thomas, a Kevin yeah. Love, and potentially a high draft pick in that 2018 draft to start all over again with another young star or trade the pick for another guy to bring in, whatever it may be. But I think it's mm-hmm. at least one more year in Cleveland that LeBron gets to give a chance at the Warriors in the NBA Finals, potentially.
0: And I think the reason it works, and now this is once again, and everybody that listens to the podcast knows that I have a supreme man crush on LeBron, and he's the best player in the world. And the reason this works for them when you trade somebody as good as Kyrie for somebody as small and diminutive as Isaiah is what you need from this player is somebody willing to take tough shots at the end of the game because that's still not LeBron's forte. It's not like LeBron at the end of a game is going to ISO and, and consistently create a clean look for himself. What he will do is create pressure on the defense and draw defenders. And if you imagine how free Isaiah's shots are going to be compared to what he had to do in Boston last year oh, yeah. when he was the only creator on Boston's roster, and still look what he was able to do because he mm-hmm. is. I mean, if like you mentioned, he's a fan favorite because the little son of a bitch is very similar to Allen Iverson to me in terms of raw competitiveness and ability to take shots from angles you don't think are possible, but mm-hmm. ha- he has to because he's five six. And he's just yep. been doing that his whole life. So they're not even really forces. They're just what he does. And mm-hmm. having to do that against set, like you cannot put a, lo- a long wing on Isaiah Thomas now like you could do last year against Boston because that long, big wing has to guard LeBron. Yes. So now you, now you get the matchups where Isaiah one-on-one with somebody his, in his position class, let's call it, can't guard him. Mm -hmm. He's not—he's not guardable one-on-one. So I think that for the Cavs is—I think it's—I don't want to call it a wash because that would be disrespecting Kyrie Irving's ability, but Mm -hmm. it's pretty damn close. And I think the addition of Jay Crowder gives them another wing defender, which obviously they need against Durant. Uh, Yes. And that's something that they didn't get from Kyrie. It's something they had to waste LeBron in the first quarter guarding Durant. And by the time you got to the fourth, he's tired. Now Mm -hmm. you put Jay Crowder on him for two and a half quarters. And Mm -hmm. down the stretch, LeBron's fresh and and can guard him. So I think, at least for me, that would be the positives for Cleveland.
2: Yeah. Your thoughts on
0: the Boston side. What do you think about the Boston side of this deal?
2: I think Boston still ends up in the same exact spot that they were last year. And they I lose they, that, they lose to the Cavs. I, they lose to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals if if they get uh, if they get that far. Um, yeah because I think Kyrie gets what he wants. He ends up being the guy. He ends up probably averaging 28, 29 points per game, just like Isaiah Thomas did. They do mm-hmm. have the Gordon Haywards of the world that uh, potentially could help get over the top. Tatum's a, an unproven rookie yeah. who I think has, has talent and could, could be um, a definite spark for them down the road, but he's not going to be there yet. And when mm-hmm. you talk about somebody that's actually going to guard LeBron in the Eastern Conference finals, they still haven't solved that right. with this trade. Right. Because Gordon Hayward's not going to do it. Jason Tatum's not going to do it. And Kyrie Irving damn sure isn't going to do it.
0: No. Nope. And they and traded so, Avery Bradley. And, and they, they traded their Crowder. best defender,
2: <laughs> yeah. and their second best defender. So right. looking at potentially, I guess, Jalen Brown, a young, still up and comer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he failed miserably to do it in, in in the brief moments that he tried last year, and I don't see him getting any better in that spot. And and so the Celtics will still be a contender in the East, but they'll still fall to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. And yep. that, again, speaks to the greatness that is LeBron. You can do everything you want, trade this guy, this guy, and that guy, and he's still going to come out on top in the East at this point, I saw a opinion. heck
0: of a, a heck of a tweet on that same line of thinking. The tweet was LeBron sitting back saying, "I beat you with my guys. Now I'm going to beat you with your guys." Yeah, <laughs> that has got to be. <laughs> I don't blame Danny Ainge for. I've been a guy no. that's been very critical of Danny Ainge not pulling the trigger on a deal. So good for him. Like I went and got Kyrie Irving. Lay off me. Leave me alone. Yeah. What else do you want me to do? Yeah. LeBron still plays over there. <laughs> uh but you know so this trade i was i was happy today when we were texting about our talk tonight because it does bring up thoughts of previous breakups of great duos and how did that play out you know now that you know hindsight is 2020 and we have the benefit of time since some of these but obviously i mean let's jump right into this shaq and kobe Right away, Shaq and Kobe, I was a huge Laker fan. You were the only one in our house that was not a Laker fan, so you had to put up with mom, dad, and me our entire lives until the Shaq-Kobe trade after the Pistons series debacle, and I (laughs) disowned the the Lakers and said, "The hell with it, I'm a Shaq guy, I'm out. And really, I don't know if – was there a winner in that one? Because, I mean, Shaq went to the finals, won one, lost another one. Kobe went – and when you know it took him two three years, but he ended up getting back to backs. So was mm-hmm. there a loser there? I'm I'm not sure. I think the Lakers were right, but maybe Shaq was too. And that dude, you're trading me two years too soon.
2: Yeah, I, I think there there it was. It's hard to say. There's a winner or loser in that one. I right away I think Shaq won. If you just look yeah. at just. Okay, 2004, they trade him in 2005. He wins an NBA title in 2006 with Dwayne Wade, who he yeah. referred to as Flash. And he said, yeah, yeah. look what I can do with any, any really good shooting guard. I can go win another NBA title. Um, mm-hmm. But then Kobe gets his revenge later on in 9 and 10 when he gets back to the finals and, and uh, goes back to back. You could argue that, again, it took Paul Gasol to show up to get help Kobe over the top there and he Mm -hmm. damn sure wasn't doing it without Shaq or without another big man, uh, which we all know no one can do in the NBA. I don't care how great you are. Michael Jordan, um, without a great supporting cast, helping him get over the top of the Detroit Pistons. Um, And so I think it's tough to say. one. No one really took a complete just – Faceplant after that trade, although the Lakers, yeah. you could say, as a franchise, did for however many years when they were barely getting into the playoffs and they losing the losing in the first round, and then finally Jerry West pulls another miracle and grabs himself Pau Gasol and they get themselves going again. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one.
0: What about take, keep Shaq in the conversation? Go to Young Shaq in Orlando with Penny mm. Hardaway. And the yeah. Shaq, and I mean, that's a breakup. It's not a trade, but it's still a breakup with Shaq going to the Lakers, and there sits Penny. And I think, unfortunately, that one there, there was a third member of the equation. It's that's the injury bug because really that's what did Penny Hardaway in is not necessarily, hey, Shaq's. I don't think we even got to see him more than half a season without Shaq at his, you know, with his full repertoire of skills because he was hurt.
2: Yeah, and that's an unfortunate one. Uh, But you would definitely lean towards Shaq being the beneficiary, obviously, of that breakup going on and winning three back-to-back-to-back NBA titles with the L.A. Lakers and Penny, like you're saying, just completely dropping off Mm -hmm. due to injuries. Nothing that he could probably really control, unfortunately. And that's a guy that you just feel terrible for because of how talented he was, how great of a player he really was and just a, a, a true point guard and just a guy that, that I could, I think could elevate teammates and could elevate team uh, teams in general and just unfortunately you lose the, the one of the greatest centers of all time and then you lose your health and your career yep. is gone like that.
0: Yep, exactly. What about uh, – I'm thinking of this one, and it, I'm sure it's not on people's like, hey, that's not technically a top 20 duo of all time, Kip, but you think back to the promise – that Alonzo Morning and Larry Johnson were supposed to have with the Charlotte
2: oh, Hornets. Oh, with the Charlotte Hornets, man. Right.
0: Zoe and Larry Johnson supposedly couldn't stand each other. And they, they broke them up, Alonzo to the heat. Yeah. So that one I think was one that was like, man, what could have been with those two?
2: Was that with Dell Curry? Was he on that? Yes.
0: Del Curry, Kendall, Gill.
2: Kendall
0: I mean, they Gill, were, yeah, they were like that young, Rex like Chapman, they had the, yeah, Yes, that. Rex Chapman
2: there's some good players now, some really good players. And, and unfortunately, unfortunately they were in the era that is known as the Jordan era. And so I don't care how good of a duo you were at that point, you weren't beating the duo of, of Jordan Pippen and, and the other cast members that, that helped the bulls be the dynasty that they were. But that was a fun duo and just a fun team. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets uh, expansion team only a few years earlier and, you know, with Vlade Divac and, and Muggsy Bogues and mm-hmm. some of these guys. And, and they draft Alonzo and they get Larry Johnson. And, and all of a sudden, this is an up-and-coming team in the East. A fun team. They had the different colored uniforms that no one was used to. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And just, right. yeah, man. And it was a fun team to watch, exciting team to watch. And unfortunately, they uh, they weren't able to conquer the mountain that was Michael Jordan and unfortunately when that, that 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 they probably split up the bulls split up multiple duos that's a great imagine. point
0: that's a great point they probably did cuz you think about that time frame you had you know pa- Pat Ewing mm-hmm. was in New York i mean you i guess you would call John Starks his number 2 mm-hmm. um, but you you still had people like the Sean Kemp Gary Payton yeah couldn't beat the bulls and that yep. was a hell of a duo but great they couldn't duo. beat the bulls so what's what's the point of keeping them this mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> not getting it done Exactly, you gotta you gotta <laughs> find mix and max, and find find a different different duo in order to try and compete. Um, yep. And the only duo that stayed true to each other the whole time throughout that era was Carl Malone and John Stockton, and yet they still oh, did that's not a overcome. Great point. The right. The greatness that is Michael Jordan, the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Clyde the Glide Drexler, who had to move on and and leave Portland and yeah, play
0: with a team. Yeah, when Michael was playing baseball, dream.
2: exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: The uh, what about you know in, even more recent? I mean, it's just, you know it's it's funny that it seems a long time ago, but it literally has not even been a year since KD left Westbrook. Mm. And mm-hmm. you know that's another one though that you might say to yourself: Is there really a loser? Kevin Durant got his ring. A lot of people. Yep. That's probably a whole other podcast we can debate whether or not that's a beta ring or a true alpha ring. <laughs> but West Westbrook got to be, <laughs> Westbrook got to be the MVP, you know. Yeah. So both guys kind of got what they were searching for.
2: Yeah, and that's it's funny that sticking to that one first. But mm-hmm. Westbrook being a guy that everyone said could put up huge numbers if Durant wasn't there, went on and put yep. up huge numbers. In fact, record breaking numbers in route to winning the MVP. And Durant, everyone said, well. Uh, you know he's not he isn't a alpha male or an alpha superstar cuz he, he's never going to be that guy he's chokes in clutch moments um uh, russell's carrying him vice versa and then right. also he goes to the warriors and and ends up being the mvp of the finals and and so i think right now as of now you got to say yeah both guys have their points but I got to give the edge to Durant just because he's got the NBA championship. Um, So that's going to be interesting over the course of however many seasons to see how that continues to play out.
0: Yes, and I'm
2: anxious to see how it plays out for Kyrie if he ends up being a guy that's going to put up similar numbers to Westbrook, and if that's what he wants in playing for a 50 or a 500 club, or is he going to be a guy that actually is able to capable or capable of leading a team? further than the Eastern Conference Finals or further than wherever, you know, so that's... Wouldn't
0: you pay a lot of money to be the fly on the wall or just be, like, the, the sports psychologist that deals with people after these breakups and you get the honest truth, like... You get the honest truth later on down the line from Kyrie. He's like, man, life was really easy with LeBron. Or, you know, Kevin Durant or Westbrook talking about each other after the fact. You know, mm-hmm. these, these in the moment, boy, I sure didn't appreciate what I had. Or maybe there is a sense of freedom that they both got, you know, in, in whatever relationship it is. I think that that would be the interview or the 30 for 30 that all of us would sign up to watch.
2: Would is the love Sha- to see Ko-
0: Shaq Kobe do a, like that. Kobe's in, you know, produ- producing movies. Do a documentary on you and Shaq now.
2: Mm-hmm. You two
0: sit down and we all get to just watch you guys hash it out.
2: Mm hmm. That and would talk, be. Yeah. Yeah. Talk specifically about what went wrong and who's mm-hmm. not necessarily to blame, but just talk about, well, yeah. you did this. I did this. I could see where you were pissed and I could see where I got pissed. That would be yeah. fun. That would be fun that to get those be, guys in, in a uh, confession room of sorts.
0: Yeah and you just have the different duos that didn't break up cuz of father time like you take Oscar mm-hmm. Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that's because of father time Oscar got old or Jerry yeah. West and Elgin Baylor Elgin got old it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like this beef that we've noticed with more of these groups it was definitely more of um You know, I got a little bit older, I went out my way, or like the stock, like you mentioned, Stockton and Malone basically went out together. One year, Carl Malone blew out his Achilles going into the finals with the Lakers, but then he was done, and Stockton had retired. Uh, McHale and Larry Bird are probably another one that Father Time got. Not necessarily that they hated each other, but Father Time got them, or they might have won two more titles.
2: It's interesting you say that, though, because I would love to see if that's the case, with some of these mm-hmm. from the past or because we didn't have social media and 24-hour media and coverage of these guys.
0: Uh, okay.
2: We didn't actually know that there was this drama going on in the locker room. There was these issues with mm-hmm. this big-name guy and this big-name guy at, the, at that time, but because we didn't have reporters everywhere or media everywhere or, or TMZ Sports covering these guys on a on a 24-hour basis and guys putting stuff out on social media all the time who knows
0: that's a great point. absolutely because there's no like i I think it's probably harder to sell a memoir or a tell-all book now because what's there left to tell that we don't already know the second it happens Mm -hmm. that's a great point you know these these olden days where you could release like skip bayless wrote the story of the cowboys boys will be boys and yeah. it was all new information. But if he, even if he got that book out and the stories he kept, the second he wrote the book, all the clips and all the, the great pages would be on Twitter in five minutes from the time it was officially you, yeah, released. You'd never
2: have to read the book. Yeah. It, it's already out there. No, that's
0: already. a great point.
2: News to be talked about. So I, I would yeah, be Yeah. what if to Joe hear. Dumars
0: and Isaiah Thomas hated that's, each other?
2: Yeah, that's a great yeah. duo right there. It's a great backup court duo that I'd love to kind of get the, and I guess there is that bad boys 30 for 30, but I'd love to just hear was there any beef or was there any drama in the locker room
0: mm-hmm. that
2: uh, potentially could have broke that that semi dynasty yep. earlier on? You know, whatever happened to Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway and Mitch Richmond? What happened yeah. to those three? Did they just Runs decide PMC. that they weren't going to ah. be, yeah, were they, were, were they just not going to be good enough to ever compete or did they really not like playing with each other and and Uh, I'd I'd love to hear some of these stories from behind the scenes on some of these teams.
0: And you know how we get it now, too. It's not books. It's definitely these, you know, either the 30-for-30s, the shorts that Kobe's doing, Mm -hmm. or even, like, did you see KG's got Area 21 during the NBA season, Mm -hmm. Garnett, and he brought on all the Celtics, and obviously Ray Allen wasn't invited. But because that happened, they had to answer the question live, so it was like a roundtable discussion of the beef. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it got huge ratings. And, of course, it did. I tuned in like, oh, my gosh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett are going to talk about Ray. I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> I'm going. Oh, exactly. And I would like to hear that about, like, what if if you take a look at some What if Julius, uh, Dr. J, and Moses Malone hated each other? Yeah. I'd like to know it. I'd like to hear about it. I'd like to Love hear you. all the reasons that, you know, a Walt Frazier and a Willis Reed or, um, like you mentioned before, this one. This one I and mean, you're a Bulls guy. Mm-hmm. Do, do you ever hear stories of Michael and Scotty playing one on one, or Michael and Scotty mad at each other? It had to have happened, or or am I just not looking in the right places? Like they're too good, no,
2: I, I think, not
0: to go at each other.
2: Phil Jackson's book, uh, I want to—I forgot what it's something rings, but it's a great book, like ten rings or eleven or something like that. His book that he yeah. put out four or five years ago that talked about his run with the Bulls and his run with the Lakers did talk a little bit about that relationship with Pippen and Jordan and how mm. they they were they were very competitive amongst each other as far okay. as like obviously Scotty knew that it was Jordan's team, but most of the team for leadership as far as just the guy to go talk to yeah. Because you weren't going to go talk to Jordan. <laughs> he, he might he punch you in gonna, the face. Yeah. He was just going to look at you like, dude, <laughs> just do your fucking job. And <laughs> the will take care of itself. And Scotty was kind of the guy that you could go and actually talk to about certain things. But the two of them were, you know, they got along, but you could tell there was always, they were always competing with each other. Whether it was, they didn't really, they didn't, he didn't talk about like one on one matchups, but they were competing with one another in a lot of different other ways. And I think, that culture kind of brought everybody along with them to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting read, though. That that's now that you you brought that up.
0: That's and, and just that you know this. It's always funny when these trades happen nowadays. Whether it's in basketball, football, um, it just you, you immediately like I think that's just human nature. You compare it to something that's already happened to form your opinion about it. Oh, well, this yep. is just like Shaq Kobe. I'll tell you who's going to get screwed here because that's what happened then. But we <laughs> all do. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's we exactly all right. do it. We you, all you,
0: equate it to the past experience.
2: And in reality, every situation is entirely different.
0: Yes. You know, here, we'll close out on this one. Did you see the meme going around today where they're pretending Kyrie's first interaction with a reporter from the Boston Globe? (laughs) And the guy says, hey, I'm from the Globe, and Kyrie immediately disagrees and says, the world's flat. Oh, my God. He's never going to live that down.
2: During the whole solar eclipse, there was a
0: bunch of memes of Kyrie Irving in denial yesterday. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, that yeah. Hey, when you slip up and you say something dumb, that's what happens, man.
0: <laughs> I know the <laughs> internet is, exactly is a is a cruel place, and they will not let you forget the no, silly. No, you stuff will. The internet.
2: the internet never forgets. That is that is for damn sure.
0: Yeah. Don't you wish you were one? Like I think I would follow somebody. Just like there should be like an award for the internet's like snarkiest commenter because some people mm-hmm. out there are so good and so fast. Oh, it's, <laughs> a, it's awesome!
2: <laughs> it is awesome. That's half the reason why I re- flip through my Twitter feed is just to read some of these just comments and and replies to certain other to other people's. Uh, tweets it's hilarious man have, have you seen the guy and this is completely off subject but the guy that's uh, the snl writer that follows president trump's twitter feed and then responds or replies to all of his tweets like it's oh, a personal no. message to him no like way Dick donald is 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 tweeting to him personally <laughs> he responds it's, he respond. he replies to it like for example trump will say heading to whatever country um Big deals happening or whatever, and and uh, this guy will reply, "All right, tell me when you land. <laughs> Have a great time." Or oh wait, real personal like that. Yeah, it, it's oh. hilarious. You, you got to look it up. It's it's it's. I comedy. do. You
0: got to send me after we close this out. You got to send me that because I will. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. See you on the other side, Ray.